Welcome to Ed Talks, an audio podcast presented by Achieve Twin Cities in partnership with the Citizens League. Ed Talks is a lively series of community conversations about public education and related issues that impact our young people. Each Ed Talks features two compelling short presentations by cutting edge educators, youth advocates, students, artists, or community leaders. Ed Talks is supported by a generous grant from the Bush Foundation. This Ed Talks is titled Teacher Powered Schools sharing power with educators, students, and families. Our featured speaker is Amy Zhang. Amy is the director of Teacher Powered School at Education Evolving, a Minnesota-based nonprofit working to improve public education. Amy supports educator teams across the country through teacher-powered governance, collaborative leadership, and autonomous school models. A former California elementary and middle school assistant principal and teacher, she began working with teacher-powered schools in 2009. In her Ed Talk, Amy will explore the structures and cultural characteristics of teacher-powered schools, the many benefits of these learning environments for students and communities, and the growing movement of 250-plus teacher-powered schools that are embracing this approach to educating and making change. This virtual Ed Talk was live streamed online on December 5th, 2022. So I'm starting with a quote from Arnie Duncan as we think about what's next in education. We're going to think about the good schools in this country haven't managed to defeat the lies that undermine our system so much as they have been able to circumvent them. And so tonight, we're here to talk about what are these good schools? What are some of the characteristics of these good schools? What do we want to take into our future? And when we think about that, teacher-powered schools are one type of good school. There is not one solution to our education problems. There are many solutions, and the solutions come from within our profession, from educators who know the students best, from educator teams who work closely with students and families who share that power with their students and their families. And so some of you may be familiar with teacher-powered schools. Some of you may have gone to schools that would be qualify as good schools. Um, and what works for one school might look very different for what works for another school in another community, even within the same geographic region. And so we're going to talk about some characteristics that we see in teacher-powered schools that make them one potential solution to the question of what's next. So we did not create teacher-powered schools. Teacher-powered schools started as a research project of education evolving. And we were looking at what happens when teachers control their work. We knew that with the original intention of chartering to bring decisions closer to those who know students best, to the educator teams, that, we, that those schools existed. We also knew that they existed in districts. And what we wanted to do was research them, to really think and understand what happens when teachers call the shots. And so we looked at, as part of the research program, research project, 
do these schools, do these teams that have autonomy, that use collaborative leadership, that use dis, um, democratic decision making, do they emulate high performing organizations? That was our research question. And we found absolutely, yes, these schools, these teams emulate high performing organizations. And they don't do it by themselves. They're teacher powered, they're student powered, they're educator powered, they're community and family powered. They share the power that they get. They don't consolidate it. They share it amongst themselves to make it a more democratic space for their students. And from that, they're able to create equitable student-centered learning environments. And when we talk about student-centered learning and equity, what we're really thinking about is what do the students at that site need to be them their best selves, to learn? And that is going to look very different in some places. And so what works at one school, and they may choose a student-directed, project-based learning pedagogy for their learning program, they, that might not work in a different location where those students might want an outdoor learning, experiential learning program, or one that focuses on interdisciplinary studies and social justice. And so the, teams of teacher, the team of teachers with students, with their families and communities, bringing in all of the shared knowledge there can create the best learning environment for their students. So as we were working on what eventually became Trusting Teachers with School Success, we realized that these schools felt very isolated from each other. And so much of our education system is siloing our teachers, siloing our classrooms, siloing our schools. And we wanted to break down those silos. And so part of understanding what makes a good school that can circumnavigate the system is looking at schools who do things differently who resist going back to the status quo, especially when things are hard. And you can see this with the pandemic. How many of the schools during the pandemic said, we're gonna take advantage of this break and we are not going to go back and do things the way we were, that they were because we know that isn't working. And yet how many of those schools today look very similar to the way they did in 2019? And that's because the status quo pulls us back. And so in order to really break that system, to break the bonds that pull us back into this black hole, um, you really need to think about what are these schools doing to ensure that they are building capacity within their teams and that they are planning for systems and structures that help them resist that when things are hard. Things will always get hard at school sites. Uh, there will always be challenges. We will always be tired. And so thinking about how to do things differently with trusting teachers and teacher-powered schools is looking at the structures and the practices of those teachers. So when we talk about teacher-powered schools, it is super important to realize that the work we do with teachers is for the benefit of students. We are all here to ensure that all students have a learning environment that fits them where they feel safe and secure, and where they can thrive as learners. And so if we want students, we know that student choice and student voice um, and student agency is super important. And if we want that for our students, in order to create a more equitable system, in order to create a more sustainable system, 
we have to give that voice and choice and agency to our educator teams. So now the question is, as teacher-powered teams, as places where that is thriving, what do they do that sets them apart and allows them to continue this? And so really, the best way is to hear from teachers who work at teacher-powered schools um, through the voices of the educators who do this every day in and out. And so I have a couple of video clips from teachers who are leaders and who have been doing this for a long time. The first one is from Escala Verde, a charter school in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This is Cynthia Gonzalez, their longtime teacher advisor leader. And she's going to talk a little bit about what it means for their school to be a teacher-powered school. Can you guys see enough? Do you, am I blocking you? I don't want to fall off, but I also don't want to block you. Okay. Mi nombre es Cynthia Gonzalez. Soy advisor, soy maestra y también administradora de Escuela Verde. Tengo ocho años en esta posición. Este, una de nuestros eh, puntos principales y temas que abordamos en la escuela es educación bilingüe y tener a nuestros estudiantes bilingües a desarrollarse en su lenguaje. Being part of a teacher collective um, has been an amazing journey. And I started very early on at Escuela Verde. Um, and one of the questions I get asked a lot is like, Cynthia, who's running the show? Like, who, who is making the calls? Like, who's the boss? I get that question all the time. My nephew always is questioning me like, Cynthia, are you the boss? Like, are you making calls? And I think it's, it's a society wants to know like who's that top leader? Like you always gravitate to that one person. Um, and what makes Escuela Verde very unique is that we have a collective of leaders. We have a collective of amazing teachers who are also making decisions that are going to impact our um, youth and our um, children that we're working with. Um, that is a process that takes a lot of work to get a team to make consensus decisions around that. So Cynthia, you might have seen on her under here, it says that she's the administrator. And I want to point out that teacher-powered schools, sometimes called teacher-led schools, sometimes called professional partnerships, these are places that often have a site administrator, a principal, um, someone at the school who is doing that role, really running interference for the teacher team so that they are able to do what they think is best for their students. Um, one difference is that at a teacher-powered school, the role of the administrator shifts because they are one member of the team. They are not a veto member. They don't get to say, this is what we're going to do. They co-create that with their team as part of their shared purpose, and then they make decisions from that space. Um, I think that what Cynthia talks about is that it's a lot of work. Absolutely, it is a lot of work. It's different, though, than the a lot of work teachers are already doing at traditional models and traditional schools. So instead of being directed and told exactly what to do and how to do it, and when you see something that isn't working for your students, not being able to change it, teachers at teacher-powered schools are able to work with their families and their students and their administrative teams to make those changes immediately, to decide, you know, this isn't in the shared purpose that we created, or this we thought was, but it's not working. We're not going to wait till next September to change that. We're going to go ahead and make that adjustment right there. Let's see if we go. Perfect. So as we think about this, I want to challenge you tonight. I want you to challenge you to 
pause on what you think you know about schools, pause on the way you experience schools growing up and attending schools, pause if you have been through teacher prep programs or administrative programs in your classrooms, and think about schooling and decision making at a school site differently. Teacher Powered is a governance structure. And it is not a model that you can just take out of a box or out of a binder and say, OK, you're going to be teacher powered. You go ahead and do this. Teacher powered is really the power there is in the co-creation. And that co-creation lives with students and families and communities. And that ensures the equity piece in the learning program, in the school culture, in the design. And so when we think about teacher powered schools, we think about it in four different parts. One, that teacher-powered schools see educators as the educational experts that they are. They have been trained to be educational experts. They have experience every day in their classrooms and in their school sites. And they should be treated as professionals, as professionals with doctors, with lawyers, with lots of professional fields. We allow them agency and we respect their decisions and we look and we are engaged in a conversation. And so teachers also get that at teacher-powered schools. Next is collective autonomy. Autonomy is a piece of being teacher-powered. It is not a yes or a no. It's a spectrum. So some of the schools that work in teacher-powered environments have a lot of autonomy. They may have it through their charters, through a district MOU. Um, we look at 15 different areas. But really, the, the piece that I want you to zero in on here when you're thinking is don't think about it in terms of classroom autonomy where you close the door and you get to do what you want behind that door. Because transparency is really an important practice at teacher-powered schools. The key word here is collective. And I think as a society, we haven't done a lot of work helping people understand what it means to be part of a collective, what it means to work towards the common good, what it means to compromise and make sacrifices in that space. And so teacher-powered schools really focus on collective autonomy. As a team, with our families, with our students, where can we pull these levers to allow us to make better choices for school culture, school policies, learning program assessments that allow our students to learn deeper and really tap into the inherent brilliance that lies within our students and our community. Then next are structures, practices, and supports. And this is the really nitty gritty of teacher power. How do you do this? What does this look like every day? How do you make time in your schedule? How are you not there till 8 o'clock talking about every decision? Um, and we have lots of resources that we spend most of our days supporting teams in this space. But what I want to point out here is it isn't just teams of teachers making decisions without structure. There is a lot of structure that goes into teacher-powered schools. Um, some of that looks like shared governance models where there's committees. Sometimes it looks like practices, for example, peer observation, sharing, team teaching, transparency, meaningfully involving students and families, not just in traditional voice or an invitation, but really welcoming in them and creating spaces where they're part of decision making. 
Um, and then finally, accountability. Accountability is a huge question. And even as we rethink what is possible in education, we have to think about, are we actually doing what we need to do, which is educating students? Um, we can have a lot of conversations about what they should learn and how we should assess that and broadening measures. But the most important part from our research tells us that teacher power teams absolutely are accountable and take accountability for the decisions that they make. What they don't want to be accountable for is decisions that come down from a district or an authorizer that are not relevant to their students, that maybe hurt their community, that do not identify and celebrate students' like individual identities and their cultural identities. And so, yes, they do take accountability. What that looks like might be different. It might be their assessments that they're creating and deciding. And we know from other research, um, from several people, but Dr. Richard Ingersoll, who's well known for his research on teacher retention, from Dr. Sarah Kemper from University of Minnesota, and Dr. John Schindler from Cal State Los Angeles, that even on traditional measurements, when teams of teachers are allowed to have that autonomy and make those decisions, that that in, in turn does increase it achievement even on traditional measurements. So up to 20% in ELA, 11% in math. And that teachers have higher retention rates because they are co-creating and owning this. So we know there's a teacher shortage problem. We know that there, who wants to go into education? And we have to think about what are the working conditions that create spaces where people want to stay, where they feel invested in ownership over that space. In this video, they're going to talk a little bit about the accountability piece. And this is from CASA, the Cornerstone Academy for Social Action out of New the Bronx in New York City. They are a district school, and middle school. And here we go. Our overall purpose is to just make better human beings. Encourage the kids to express their sexuality. We encourage the kids to express their creativity, you know, like, what, just last year, we got a studio for kids who like to make music and like to make beats. We got a wrestling team for kids who want to be active and can't play basketball, so they want to venture to another sport. We, you know, we encourage the kids to be who they want to be. I definitely feel like the teachers hold each other accountable. You get what I'm saying? Like, there, like there have been times where I've um, heard teachers give each other uh, constructive criticism and nobody takes it, you know, at personal, you know, because they understand that the objective, not only for the students, but for themselves, is to continue to grow. So what I like about that piece is that was one teacher and one paraprofessional who were talking there. So Mr. Alcia and Mr. Isaiah. And at that school, their paraprofessionals are not separated from their teachers in terms of decision making. All the educators in the building are part of their team, and they are part of decision-making, and they are part of the conversations that go into deciding, what does this student need? What does this class need? How might that be different than the students we saw five years ago? Is our mission and vision still relevant to the, team, to the students that we serve every day? Our communities change, our students change, sometimes our educator teams change, and we have to change with them which is why I would say that teacher-powered is often in rough draft. 
what worked one year needs to be reevaluated to see if it works the next year. And we all went through a rough draft with the pandemic. And so when we think about, <laughs> exactly. When we think about what is next in education, it isn't what we've done since the industrial revolutionizing of education. What's next in education looks very different for each community. Um, for us, teacher-powered schools is one way that teams can move forward in authentic, equitable, student-centered learning because they are sharing power. And so I challenge you to really think about at your schools when you go back to your communities, what do we do because it's always been done that way? And does that work for your team? Does that work for your students? Does that work for your communities and your families? And if the answer is no, be brave and speak up and talk to your colleagues and think about how can we do this differently? How can we not go back to what we've done for 10, 20 years? How can our school not look like what it was in 2019? What do our students need? So thank you for having me tonight um, and letting me share about Teacher Powered School. Ed Talks is presented by Achieve Minneapolis in partnership with the Citizens League. Thanks to our generous sponsor, the Bush Foundation. For more information on Ed Talks or to watch Ed Talks videos or listen to audio podcasts, visit achievempls.org.